Dr. Mark Job on Spiritual Shakeup. God oftentimes tries to shock us out of our comfort. Sometimes it takes a rattling, a shakeup to take us from one condition to another. We fall into conditions that we don't even know we're in until the Spirit of God reveals that condition to us. Welcome to a very special edition of Moody Presents with Dr. Mark Job, president of the Moody Bible Institute and founding pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm John Geiger. For the past several weeks, you and I have enjoyed a countdown to Founders Week. That's the annual Bible conference, by the way, where we platform some of the greatest teachers in the nation. And on Moody Presents, we have enjoyed some great sermons of the past. But today, we'll hear the message Pastor Mark shared at Founders Week 2022. It's based in Ezekiel 37, the famous passage about the dry bones coming to life. Well, before we hear from Pastor Mark, we thought you'd like to meet a couple of Moody students who have already heard the message that you are about to hear. Let me just uh, start with Clay here. Clay, what did you see on the stage, this visual element kind of different, as Pastor Mark shared the message that listeners are about to hear? I was very surprised when he had a bunch of helpers bring out a bunch of skeletons. I thought that was quite comical and I enjoyed skeletons, that. Skeletons, Masada, were these, uh, you know, a couple of inches tall or? No, these were life-size skeletons. S- life-size skeletons. That's quite a powerful visual, but it was for a purpose. It wasn't just for shock value. What is a takeaway from this message that uh, I think you would want listeners to know as they hear the message that, that you've already heard, Masada? Yes, something that really struck me was truly the power of the Holy Spirit to come and waken us into true life, not in and of ourselves, but in Jesus Christ. How about a takeaway for you, Clay, that uh, you want people to be kind of keeping an eye out for? Uh, Yeah, I, like Masada said, the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's not us that is changing people's lives and bringing these dead bones alive, because like Ezekiel, he kept on speaking to these dead bone, dry bones. And nothing was happening, and he got—he re- was getting really frustrated. Yeah. And then eventually, right. the spirit moved in. Terrific, Day. Any observations you'd like uh, listeners to keep an eye out for? Yeah, I think it's not independence that we have to see for in maturity, but really dependence on the Lord, on the Spirit, and that's what we can do and yeah. abide in Him because He does abide in us. All right. Well, these students have heard it. That's Clay, Masada, and Day. They are great Moody students. We're proud to have them in our studio. You're about to hear that message right now, and we don't want to give too much away, so I'll invite you to open your Bible to Ezekiel 37 as Pastor Mark Job comes with part one of Spiritual Shakeup here on Moody Presents. Tonight, I want to talk to you about spiritual shakeup. I believe that we are in a season that God is shaking us up to wake us up. Sometimes we need to be spiritually shaken in order to remain unshaken. And I want you to take your Bibles tonight and turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37. As we enter a spiritual dimension of a prophetic vision, it has been painted by famous artists. It's been sung about in spiritual songs. You heard about it in Sunday school. It's a gruesome, ugly, nasty picture. Ezekiel chapter 37 
reads like this. The hand of the Lord was on me. He's having a vision taken in the spirit by the almighty God. It doesn't tell us in scripture that it's a vision, but we know that this is a three-dimensional, powerful vision given to this prophet. And he says, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of dry bones. That's your cue, dry bone guys. He led me back and forth among them. And listen, I saw great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very, very dry. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? Isaiah is taken to a valley. It's a valley like no one has seen before. He takes him to a valley, and this valley has got a prophetic message to it. It's not just a few bones. It's a valley that is full of bones, the Bible tells us. Uh, the French painter Gustave Doré tried to capture the scene in a painting called The Vision of the Valley of Dry Bones. Uh, he pictures in his mind what he thought that it would look like. It was not just a couple of bones thrown together, but this is a valley. In the depth of the valley, there's deep bones there. They're scattered as far as the eye can see. These are lifeless bones that symbolize the people that used to breathe, that used to walk, that used to love, that used to marry, that had children, that had life within them, their organs beat. It symbolized the people that were but are not anymore. It symbolizes a people that have ceased to be living people. Now, It's a valley of dry bones. The image that God gives the prophet Ezekiel is an image that has to do with a people that needs to be revived, a people that needs to be awakened. Now, this is a message about gaining spiritual life back. It's a message about recapturing that which has eluded us. It's a message about Regaining spiritual breath within us. It's a message to those that once lived, once sang, once breathed, once loved passionately, but now they're dry. It's a message of revival. It's a message of renewal. And so I want you, as I work my way through Ezekiel chapter 37... I want you to ask yourself, Lord, am I, am I dry bones? And if so, breathe on me afresh, O oh God. I believe that as I read this passage that there are three important insights into how God revives dry bones. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Number one. 
Renewal, spiritual renewal, often starts by a startling revelation of our true, pathetic, spiritual condition. The Bible says, the hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley that was full of dry bones. I want you to notice that this was a three-dimensional realm that shocks Ezekiel to the core. Uh, Jewish people, uh, in the Jewish custom, it was a, a disgrace not to bury the dead. And so to take this proper Jewish man and to expose him to the bodies of the dead was even more shocking to him. But God oftentimes tries to shock us out of our comfort. Sometimes it takes a rattling, a shake-up, to take us from one condition to another. And so he forces Ezekiel in the spiritual realm to not only walk in the valley of dry bones that he felt was unclean and untouchable, but he takes him to the valley of dry bones, and in the spirit, he makes him take a close look at the dry bones. He's not just viewing it from an aerial view. The Bible says that he went back and forth among the dry bones. He said, he led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very, very dry. This is the Spirit of the Lord saying, Ezekiel, look close. Do you see these bones? Ezekiel examined these bones. Take a close look at these bones. He went back and forth through the valley, seeing these bones that are disconnected, this lifeless bones, these bones that symbolize something that was before and is not anymore. You know, when someone takes you and you go back and forth and examine something, it's because they want you to notice. They want you to think. They want you to observe. They want you to take it in. Recently, I had to rent a car in a foreign country, and so they gave me the car. They drove up, and I've rented enough cars to know Hey, when you return it, they may say, hey, that wasn't there, and I don't know if it was there or not. So I've gotten a little smarter now. Now I examine the vehicles that I rent. In fact, I take a, a video. So now if I rent a car, I take a video, I look around, and they're wondering what I'm doing. I'm looking around the car. I'm saying, there's a dent, and there's a dent, and I see something over here, and I didn't do that, and this was already here, and let me examine it carefully because it's important that I see the nuances of it. The Spirit of the Lord is taking Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones and not just glazing over this, but having him take a deep, deep look at something that was, was repulsive to him. Look deep. Don't turn your face away. Look at those dry bones. Gla glare at them. Examine them. I want you to take in this sight of this desperate, desperate situation. And then he says to Ezekiel, Son of man, can these bones live? That's a tough question to ask. Ezekiel has just been exposed to death, dryness, in the impossibility 
of this mass of bones coming to life. But Ezekiel was a man of God. He was smart in his theology. Sounds like a Moody Bible Institute grad. He said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. That's a great answer, isn't it? You see, Ezekiel, he had no confidence in the bones coming to life, but he did know something about the power of God. And so he throws it back on the sovereignty of God. He had no confidence that these bones could come alive, but he knew that God could bring anything to life. And so he says, son of man, only you know. This problem was not going away with a pep talk. This problem was not going away with a little uh, a praise worship. This wasn't a like, like, hey, get out of the bed. You'll feel better. No, they were dead. Lord, only you know whether these bones can live again. And I'm convinced that when God wants to awaken us out of spiritual slumber, when God wants to renew our hearts, when God is doing an awakening of our spirit, oftentimes we fall into conditions that we don't even know we're in until the Spirit of God reveals that condition to us. I believe that the Spirit of God was telling Ezekiel, and by the way, Ezekiel was part of this category of dry bones. He was a part of the group of people that God was trying to revive. But God wanted to expose him to the deep darkness. He wanted him to know how bad it was before he was jolted to awaken. And I want, I want to say this to you. I believe oftentimes God has to hold up the mirror. God, it's not that bad. We're okay. Yeah, maybe we're not as zealous as we were before, but things are all right. It's yeah, maybe I don't read like I was before, and it's been a while since I've worshipped with a lot of enthusiasm. Church seems to have lost some of its, I don't know, its attraction. I, at one time, I felt really drawn. I was kind of hungry, but, you know, I don't know. It's probably the preacher. He's a little boring these days. I got a lot on my plate, God. There's a lot of things going on. I don't know. When I was young, I was zealous and enthusiastic. I'm a little more mature now. I don't go by emo my emotions that much anymore. Yeah, I have a lot of other things in life that take my priority. I still believe in God, and I haven't fallen away. Yeah, maybe I'm not as zealous as I used to be, and maybe things that bothered me before don't bother me anymore, but maybe I've grown a little bit in maturity. Maybe that's it, and then God says, look. I believe that God was doing that with Ezekiel. There's only, only certain things that God can do. When I first came to Chicago, I've told you this story before, some of you. I was 21 years old, a graduate of the Moody Bible Institute, found myself in the southwest side of Chicago, back of the yards neighborhood. Not a neighborhood that people were running to pastor in. Most people were running out of that neighborhood. But I found myself in the small church in the southwest side of Chicago, fresh with a degree from a Bible college, full of zeal in my heart, believing that People needed me, and that had a call of God on my life, and so I threw myself into it. And I visited people, and I witnessed to people, and I talked to people, and 
And people were, it was strange for people to call me pastor. I was 21 years old. One lady came in and said, how come you look like you just got out of high school? And I said, well, it wasn't that long. And I was going and going and felt like I needed to solve, heal people and reconcile marriages and lead people to Christ and do that. found myself doing a lot of stuff in six months, in six months of pastoring. I was dry. I was tired. And I was ready to quit the pastorate. I got sick. I didn't have insurance. My grandmother convinced her doctor to see me, and he said, son, young man, you're exhausted. And I remember he said, you, you need a week of rest is what you need. And I remember laying on that couch complaining to God. Have you ever complained to God? We call it prayer. Really, it's a complaint session. <laughs> I was complaining to God, God, I'm doing this, and how come I don't feel the, the strength, and I'm depleted and don't have the energy to go on. And you know what I realized? That I was trying to do in the power of my flesh what could only be done in the power of the Spirit. You know what I realized? God convicted me and said, you know, you've been working a lot, but I bear, you barely talk to me. You know, you've been doing a lot, but you barely worship. You've been doing this in the power of your own strength, but you barely depend on me. If I were gone, you wouldn't even notice I was gone. You know, that was a realization. I didn't think. I thought I'm a pastor doing a good work, and God revealed to me the depth of my dryness, the depth of my pride, my fleshliness. I wept deeply wept for a couple of days, repented that I had been trying to do what God could only do in my own strength and power, that I was really dry bones and that I really was not uh, breathing the life of God in me and that I really needed to start trying to do less and come into God's presence more and depend on Him to do the work and Him to fill me and walk in communion with, with Him. And I vowed before God as I got up, God, I'm going to pray more, spend more time in Your presence. I need You more, God, because I am dry bones. Something funny happened. I feel like I would work less, but more happened in the spiritual realm after I got up because there's a difference between doing it in the power of the flesh and the power of the spirit. So not only does renewal often start by a startling revelation of our true pathetic condition, but secondly, the prophetic word of the Lord is the catalyst that God uses to set renewal in motion. And notice what he says in verse 4. After he had Ezekiel view the valley of dry bones and awaken to the true spiritual condition of Israel at the time, which he was a part of, then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. 
And this is what the sovereign Lord said to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life, and I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So now Ezekiel has this task of not only seeing how desperate the condition is, but he has the task now to speaking to skeletons. Have you ever felt like God asked you to do something foolish? Prophesy to that which is impossible. Speak to the valley of dry bones. Now prophecy... Uh, sometimes when we hear the word prophecy, we think that it's about foretelling the future, and it has that element in it. But prophecy can be both the foretelling of what God is going to do, but also the foretelling of what God wants you to hear right now. It has a dimension to it that sometimes involves the future, but it also has a dimension of being God's word for this moment at this time that you need to hear. And so, the, God says to Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And I'm sure Ezekiel looked around and said, well, they didn't even have ears to hear, Lord. They don't have brains to capture. They don't have hearts to do this. But God said, prophesy to the bones. Every preacher knows that sometimes they feel like Ezekiel. And he says, here's what I want you to tell the bones. I want you to tell the bones that in spite of their current condition, I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. And I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel, look at those bones and start saying, I know what you are right now, but God has a different destiny for you. You will one day breathe again. You will one day laugh again. You will one day rise up on your own. Hey, bones, Lord, nothing's happening. Hey, bones, one day, hey, bone, listen to me. God is going to raise you up, and you one day will breathe again, and there will be flesh upon you and tins upon you. God, they're not listening. There's nothing happening. Hey, bones, the Lord is going to do something. Listen, you have a different future. It will be different. You see, Ezekiel knew very well the condition of Israel because Ezekiel was part of that group. You see, in 586 B.C., the city of Jerusalem was captured by the Babylonian army, their arch enemies, which had conducted a three-year-long siege of that city. Three years they had seized Jerusalem. And the walls of the city were breached. Judah's king, Zedekiah, tried to escape. And he was pursued and captured near Jericho. The Babylonians punished him by slaughtering the children before his eyes and then gouging out his eyes. So the last thing that he ever saw was the slaughtering of his children. Then they led him to Babylon in chains. 
Three weeks later, the Babylonians burned the city of Jerusalem, the holy city, the city of the temple, the city of David, the city with the uh, great temple that Solomon built, this grandiose city that seemed to be the center of what God is doing now lies in ruins. The temple was burned along with the king's palace, the houses of Jerusalem, the city walls were torn down. The remaining people, except for the poor, the sick, were forced to march and they were deported to Babylon. Among those deported to Babylon was Ezekiel. Ezekiel had seen the glory. He knew of the Shekinah glory coming in the temple. He knew of the glorious presence of God. He knew of a place that was called the city of God. He had heard the prophecies. He had been around it. He had been when this was a glorious people full of life. But now, they were a valley of dry bones. Never underestimate the power of God's living word. Because God says, speak, hear the word of the Lord. Can I tell you something? The word of the Lord is the catalyst to awakening. The word of the Lord is what God uses to penetrate our hearts. The word of the Lord is what God uses to awaken our spirit. The word of the Lord has the breath of God upon it. The word of the Lord has the power of God upon it. Listen, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All scripture is God-breathed. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Pastor Mark Job with part one of his message presented at Founders Week 2022. Really, we have just begun our journey into this fantastic story based in Ezekiel 37. Now, for a limited time, I want you to know you can view this message if you'd like. Yeah, there's a video link at foundersweek.org. You'll also learn who will be coming to next year's conference. That's at foundersweek.org. Next week, we're back with part two of Spiritual Shakeup. I'm John Geiger, hoping you'll join us then here on Moody Presents, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.